Welcome to Trainers Talking Truths. This is an ISSA podcast dedicated to exploring the fitness industry and uncovering the whys and hows of personal training. To do that, we'll talk directly to the industry experts and certified trainers. We'll dig into fitness programming, business tactics, nutrition, and more. You'll even hear from current training clients who offer insight from the other side. We've got the fitness industry covered, so turn up the volume and enjoy the drive. Hello, world. Welcome back for another ISSA podcast, Trainers Talking Truths. It's your co-host, Jenny Scott, here with my favorite podcast co-host, Dan, the man, Duran. How are you, Dan? I am great. I'm your only podcast co-host. No, John has something every now and again. Favorite kid. I know how this goes down. I am great, Jenny. Happy to be here. Absolutely. So I feel like we we definitely have a theme over our last couple uh, podcast episodes. We're talking a lot about yoga. Yes, we have some things going on inside with the ISSA, some of the courses that we're doing. But guys, yoga has a lot of different benefits. Um, of course, physically, emotionally, uh, mentally, lots of different things. And our guest today is a really great example of that. Um, so I'm sure I'm going to have lots of questions and, and this is going to be a really great conversation. But Dan, I'll let you do the honors today. Who All do we right. Have? I will, I will, I will. Well, Jenny, today we're joined by a very special guest, Angel DeSantis. Hopefully I said that that right. Okay, good. I should have probably checked that before we started, but she has an incredible story. Uh, and we couldn't be more thankful to have her here and let her tell her story. Uh, Angel is a mental health advocate, and she began her yoga journey by overcoming her own challenges and trauma from her childhood. Through her discovery of yoga, she found herself and has now created a practice that focuses on self-reflection and continuously improving your mental health through focusing inward. Welcome, Angel. Thank you for having me. So, Angel, can, if you don't mind, uh, can, can we start from the beginning? You know, how did you get to where you are now? Okay. Um, give me a spot that you want at, as the beginning, and then I will... Okay. Forward. Okay, well, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna call it out. I read the bio, mm-hmm. you know, your bio, and I was captivated when it said you spent your childhood in the doomsday cult, children of God. Okay, yeah. whoa. Okay, <laughs> heavy duty. So I want to be respectful of that. But how? Obviously, that is that childhood trauma. I'm thinking yes. that led you down the path of self discovery to where you are today. So maybe just a little bit of that and how it evolved not no details of course yeah whatever you care to share yeah how how that created yeah you know your lack or your desire Mm -hmm. to to change yes um so starting at the beginning was born and raised in the cult children of god and i'd like to link it to the development of the nervous system because i think that is the biggest a uh, noticeable change and the thing that yoga helped out with the most. But when you grow up in a very traumatic environment, um, your whole inner working, like the whole scaffolding of your nervous system, of your thought algorithms, and even the way that you speak and act in the world and your understanding of the world becomes incredibly limited. And I grew up in a place where they deprived us of information and access to the outside world. And because of those things, um, my nervous system and my mental health just never developed correctly. And my sense of belonging and my 
even the way that I attached to other human beings, all of it was sort of um, dilapidated from the start. So there was nowhere for me to actually build a sense of self, a sense of safety, and a sense of anything true in the world or how to operate in it. So coming out of that, I left when I was 23. So I was already like technically an adult. Um, but internally, my resting heart rate was anywhere from like 86 to 93 beats per minute. And that was like my just, that was just regular for me was being in this state of like super hyper awareness. And so when I began yoga, I was very confused because it was the first time I felt safe in a room full of people. And I sort of sat there afterwards being like, huh, like interesting. And I actually took my heart rate and I was like, I'm pretty sure this is slower than normal. Um, and so then I just started doing it regularly without knowing really what I was doing and having the information I have now, I understand that I was retraining my nervous system to come to a, um, um, a restful and peaceful state, which was something completely new and unrecognizable to me. And the more that I did that, and the more my nervous system felt safe, the more I began to explore because you need a center point, you need home. And home is really just a, a sense of safety of somewhere that you can go back to if you're harmed. And for me, I started building that internally in my nervous system. And once I had that spot in myself, then I start to explore. Then I start to read books and read and watch things that I'm not supposed to. That's new information. And then everything else starts to develop because I was able to find that sort of sense of safety and rewire what it meant to have a sense of self even. So discovering that through yoga was really, I think the most important component in my healing was having that place of safety. That's amazing. You're literally living all the things that yoga was intended for, right? Mm -hmm. So connecting your physical with your mental, but also helping you calm yourself, center yourself, you know, find your purpose, things like that. Um, and you are, Angel, you're a mental health advocate. So can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like for you? What do you do around mental health? Oh my gosh. So I think for me, I just, I talk about it as much as possible because I think that I heard this really beautiful uh, definition of mental health and it said, being mentally healthy is living in what's true in this moment. It's not reacting to something from your past. It's not stressing out about the future. It's actually living in like what's true right now. Awesome. And so I try to bring people back to that, you know, when they start saying, well, I have this, I have that. It's like, well, what's true right now? Like what's happening? And are you operating off of the actual world around you? Or are you operating from a backstory or from future casting? And so for me, it's about using the proper language. And even in the yoga practice, people come in with this idea of like, well, I have this thing that holds me back or I can never do that. But, you know, in the future or one time in the past, and it's like, well, let's just bring you here today. How's your breath right now? And how is your body right now? And can you stay in this like body shape that can be stressful? But knowing that you can come out of it at any time, mm -hmm. can you now choose to just take one more breath? And so for me, when I teach, it's about easing the cognitive load so that mentally you feel safe in the body and in the space 
And so for me, that's how mental health sort of goes into everything that I do is how can I bring you like here? And what does that look like? So I think for me, being a mental health advocate is just reminding you to like, come back. Like what's here right now? Are we okay? All right, cool. Let's go off of that. So yes, that is transformative. That's really cool. And I've definitely taken some yoga classes where they talk about that at least like once in the beginning. But do you like kind of reiterate that throughout your teaching, especially if you see people kind of floating away? So I, for me, teaching yoga is about empowering you to have your own experience. So it's less about me as a teacher being like, are you doing what I'm saying? I think that is almost irrelevant. I think the teacher's job is to create a safe space and give people access to information about themselves. So I will usually ask the students, like, do you feel you can take it further? In which case, this is how to take it further. Do you feel you need to scale back? In which case, this is how you scale back. But it's that sort of rapid fire, like in real time, if somebody's an extended side angle, I'll say like, if you know what a bind is and you feel comfortable for it, loop it. If that feels good, step up to Bird of Paradise. Otherwise, stay where you are. And I've given you that information in like three seconds. So you haven't had time to react yet, but then I give space and then you can be like, do I want to, am I, eh, whatever, you know, and then you can decide because you need that space between stimulus and response. And that's your job. My job as a teacher is just to tell you, here are the roads that you can take uh-huh. or you can sit right here and everything else is out of my hands. That's awesome. So you give options, you give them space to take with it what they will, and then an opportunity to do it. That's amazing. And that's a great way to break down how yoga instructors cue their mm. students, because that's that's perfect. Wow. Well, it, it reminds me of child raising, right? Give them options. Right. Let them make a choice. Pray that it's the right one, but don't yeah. don't be telling people what to do. The, the, the initial response when you give order or direction is a wall, right? It's like, you're mm-hmm. telling me what to do. I don't really know if I want that right now. So right. I love that. That would work well with me, Angel. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I can think of so many answers to this based on just a little bit I've learned so far. Um, but for you, what has been the most rewarding part of this journey from childhood to where you are today? Yeah, I think the most rewarding thing is seeing how many iterations of life I have been able to live. And it inspires me to keep going and keep taking in new information, new experiences, and continue this sort of transformation. I think that being alive is being able to evolve. And like, once you stop, then that's your final form. And then you may as well die because you've stopped. And I think the most inspiring thing for me is, is understanding that where you begin is not where you end. Mm-hmm. You decide when that is. And if you decide to keep going, there is so much more that just like falls open for you when you show that you have the courage to look for it. That's awesome. Wow. Yes. I love that. So you have a concept called guided self-inquiry. Angel, can you tell us a little bit about that concept and how you do that, how you practice that in your yoga? Yes. So guided self-inquiry, the premise of that is that if I ask you a question, naturally, your brain, just the way your brain works, is it will formulate an answer. 
if I say, why did you pick out those clothes today? Initially, you're like, oh, I don't know. They were there. And I'm like, yeah, but why? Then you'll be like, huh. And then you naturally, it's just going with how your brain works. When you ask it a question, something inside of you comes up to answer. So the premise of guided self-inquiry is what is that thing inside of you that answers and how can we get to know it? And so that works with mental health where maybe the thing that comes up inside of you, at least for me, initially, the thing that would come up to answer was always like, oh, I'm a failure. Well, because I'm, I'm terrible because I'm a loser. And then I would be like, Ooh, that's rude. Yeah. (laughs) We say to ourselves, right? I think that, and then tracing that to its root and realizing why every single thought I had was disempowered. And it's because I was in a cult and I have to be disempowered. That's how they have to build me. So realizing that and then being like, oh, can I change the voice? And like, huh, yes, I can. And then just asking myself questions and the answer sort of exposes your subconscious. So I find that really, really useful in the way that I guide meditation. And the whole thing is that you don't have to tell me what your answer is because that's that part is irrelevant. What's relevant is that you know what your answer is and you're able to identify why that's your answer. And do you want to keep it? And it's the same thing with yoga in Ashtanga, which is what I started with. They do this thing called call and response. And it's this like mantra at the beginning where I, the teacher, say um, like some Sanskrit words and that's the call. And then you as the students repeat them back to me and that's the response. And I liken that to the yoga practice in the body where you're asked to the body, the call to the body is, can I do this? And then it's the body's response to like, huh, can I? And it's that sort of thing where I think, can I balance? And then I try it and my body's like, absolutely not. And I'm like, you know, and it's like, well, what if I move my foot like one millimeter to the left? And then it's like, okay, that works. Well, what if I move my head like one millimeter to the right? Like, okay, that works. What if I move up now? Can I start to remove my hand from the block instead of having my weight bearing? So it's more of a practice of self-inquiry in the sense of curiosity. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you find out all this stuff about why certain things are working, why certain things aren't. And then you just get to know more and more information is better. And now all of a sudden you think clearer, you have a better practice, you have a better understanding of the whole thing start to finish. That's awesome. I definitely think that's something that people could take off the mat as well, right? 100%. In their work life, their personal life, dealing with others, their relationships with others. Absolutely. That's insightful. Very cool. Here we go, guys. Time for another ISSA rapid review. Brandon had this to say about the online coaching certification. This is the sixth course I've completed with ISSA. The value for the money is unbeatable. The quality of the course is very impressive. The exam was scored immediately and I knew instantly that I had obtained a passing score. I like that after each course completion, I get a call from a student support specialist to inquire about anything I might need. I'm part of the ISSA family for life. Welcome to the family, Brandon. Um, Now, what was the form of yoga you said you practiced? I started with Ashtanga. Nice, what do you currently teach? So I currently teach everything. So I teach vinyasa, I teach hatha, but mostly it's a blend of hatha and vinyasa. And so hatha generally you'll hold for longer and vinyasa is breath to movement. Vinyasa literally means breath to movement. And 
the way that the Ashtanga practice works is the first part is all vinyasa. So it's all one breath, one movement, and then it stops. And then you go into Hatha, but you only hold for five breaths, each posture. So for some people, Ashtanga is still a very vigorous quote vinyasa practice because you're not holding for longer than five breaths, but because that's how I was trained. That's what I love. And that's my body responds to that really well. So does my mind. But I think it's about finding the practice that suits you physically and cognitively. Mm-hmm. I think that's a super important piece. Some people just look for the physical component. But I think that's also why we get attached to certain teachers. It's because the way that they say the thing eases our cognitive load and allows us to have more access to our bodies. Because if I say, step your right foot next to your right hand, you can't get that wrong. If I yeah. say, your foot forward. It's like, well, forward where? Yeah. So it's about finding teachers who ease you mentally and make the practice accessible physically. Bingo. Yes. I a hundred percent agree with that. I have a teacher here in Arizona that I absolutely love. And it turns out she teaches at my gym and at the studio that I go to. And I will follow this woman to the moon. Because <laughs> yeah. exactly what you said, Angel, she says things like I take my glasses off. I wear glasses. I take them off when I practice. First of all, they fall off. Second of all, I also don't want to watch other people do things because I'm not Jenny no bendy. I am not very bendy. And so I don't want like my iterations of postures looks very different than say my best friend who is a yoga instructor and she is very, very bendy. Um, So I take my glasses off, but the way Kristen says things, I don't have to look at her or see anybody to know what we're doing and I can achieve it or at least get to somewhere close to where she wants me to be, which is awesome. Do you find that you have a following of people that not only connect with you as an instructor, but like are like drawn to you as a person? Yes. Um, And that's so much fun for me because it's one of those things that I think when you are just who you are, people will either naturally be drawn to you or naturally be like, ew. And you have to be okay with both of those reactions and just understand like who you are. And so I definitely have a lot of people who who follow um, me around wherever I'm teaching just because they, they appreciate how I teach. But there are also people who like come to my class and they're like, God, horrible. And I'm like, that's fine. That's okay. Like, it's not about having everyone like you. It's about really, I know why I teach the way that I do. If you ask me why I can tell you, and that is what's important to me, whether or not you like the music to me is irrelevant. But do you benefit? Like, does your life benefit somehow from how I teach? If yes, then stay. And if not, then please go find someone who can benefit you. And yeah. it's, it's very simple. Yeah. Again, life lessons. We could all take that off the map with us. <laughs> not everybody's going to like you and that's okay. Um, but no, I, I completely love that. Did it take you? Sorry, Dan. I have more questions. Did it take you some time as an instructor to, to be okay with the people that were like, oh my God, or like gave feedback to your studio oh. owner and said, oh, this was terrible or said it to your oh. face. And you're uh-huh. like, Woo! like it's, we're human. It's normal to get offended. <laughs> sure. But I think that um, the part of me that was reacting initially, because I did start teaching fairly recently after I got out of the cults. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that the part of me that felt hurt by that was the part of me that still believed that there was a correct way to do thing. And if people didn't like me, I was doing it the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And so I would be like, oh my God, what can I do to make this person happy then? And it's sort of the people pleasing part of me 
would be the part that was offended. And now that the people pleasing part of me like does not exist, it's no longer thriving. Um, I understand that like, okay, okay, then like, that's fine. Go yeah. ahead. And I think that the studio owners, like I've had a couple of, I've had a couple of times where people have gone straight to the studio owner, like straight out of class to be like, she's horrible. And the studio owner knows me, you know? And so I think you also know that it's, it's a numbers game. Like I've taught thousands of classes. They are not all going to be good. I've taught like hundreds of thousands of people. There are going to be a few unhappy customers. And that's just, it's a numbers game. And you got to understand that you're going to run across that. But when you do, I, this was great because this one lady, she left class, sent an email immediately saying how horrible I was and saying that the sequence was unsafe. And my, the owner of the studio was like, Angel, what would, like, what's this about? He just sent me the email and I sent him back the sequence. And I said, this was the sequence. Cause I always write them out. Uh-huh. Like this was the sequence. If you can tell me what's unsafe, then I'm happy to change it. Cause I am happy to change it. And he looked at it and he was like, no, that looks safe. And I was like, then there you go. You know, uh-huh. easy. That person like, woke up and chose violence that day. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I think you always got to be willing to learn. Mm-hmm. And I think humility is the ability to learn. Yeah. And I'm always trying to stay in that space of like, can I learn something from this? So I was like, sure. She might have been right. It might have been unsafe. And here's what it was. And he looked at it and he was like, yeah, that's not unsafe. And I was like, cool. I didn't think so either. (laughs) (laughs) For for the listeners out there, uh, like Jenny said, off the map. I've I've heard her say that a few times now. And my primal brain thinks like martial arts mat, you know, and oh, yeah, we do yoga on the mat. Off the mat. Think off the mat. What I'm hearing here, folks, is life lessons. I'm hearing lessons on on that can be applied in all manner of living and it's phenomenal Uh, i love it i could keep i could i'm just enthralled here jenny i'm glad you kept talking because i just wanted to keep listening no Uh, i have so many more questions (laughs) oh my gosh yes now one of the things that i've learned more about yoga from our last three guests than i knew coming into these podcasts by the way And uh, some of the Sanskrit words you were mentioning, I had the opportunity to see when I was looking at some of the work that Jenny and her team did putting together our Yoga 200, Mm. which my understanding is you were a part of. Yeah. And I would love if you could share with us just a little bit about how your journey and experiences helped us put this certification together. Um, So I think for me, it was really important for me to get across the fact that who you are off the mat, like you said, translates into how you're going to teach. And I was really glad to have the opportunity to be a part of this. And I told Alex, Alex and I uh, actually know each other. We used to teach together, which was really fun. Nice. Um, but I told him, I was like, the thing that I want to get across in this teacher training is how much power you as the individual has and if you cannot find that in yourself, then you will not be a strong teacher. But if you can find that resource inside of yourself and bring that to your teaching, you can create a really beautiful career for yourself. You can do something you love. You can know that you are safe and that you can keep your students safe. You know that you can teach people to honor themselves and the people around them. 
And I think that was really the most important thing and the thing that I wanted to translate. Um, and also we have like Alex and I have some discussions in this teacher training where we've had very different experiences. I'm a woman, he's a man. Um, and just, there are a lot of subtleties. There are a lot of human problems because people are human, um, that you're going to run across regardless of your career. But a lot of times in the yoga room, people feel, because people feel safe, they feel like it's okay to share a little bit more with you. So I wanted to give the uh, people who are trying to become teachers, like little phrases to say, little boundaries to hold, just to make your experience as a teacher easier. And to also understand where you as a yoga teacher end and you as a human being begin, one of it is a job and the other is you. And it's really important for you to have access to your own strength. And so that was kind of the thing that I think knowledge is power. So giving as much as I can, as far as like anatomy and physiology goes and why we put these certain poses in certain places, but also what words are you using? Can you be clearer? Do you understand yourself? And if so, great, then you will be able to translate that clearly. So it was a really, it was a really fun experience. Yeah. And as somebody who has seen a good majority of the video content, um, there's like almost 40 hours worth of video content alone in this course. Um, Super, super in-depth. And your mission has been accomplished. Uh, You guys teach a lot about not just how to, you know, put together a sequence and and Mm -hmm. set your music to the class. You're teaching a lot about the cueing and like we were talking about earlier, how to effectively cue, um, how to give someone space, how to feel confident walking into a class. Um, Everything about it is there. And again, life lessons. We can take these Mm -hmm. with us. Because I think, Angel, that's a great point that having that power and knowing that you have that power makes you more confident. And again, you don't have to be like the super most outgoing person in the room. You can still have confidence and know that what I'm doing is effective and here's why, or as Dan Mm. likes to say, the why behind the what. Mm. If you don't know the why behind the what, why are you doing it? I always ask people that all the time. Anybody. It's not just fitness related. If I ask you, why am I doing this? Or what does this do for me? And you can't answer it. Chances are, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. (laughs) Right? So. Yeah, having that power is tremendous. And I've actually used yoga as a way to help me find that power and that understanding. All the things we've talked about, how to like listen to my body and go where it wants to go today, right? It might be different every day. And that's one of my favorite things about yoga practice is it's hard. And I'm a bodybuilder. I'm pretty strong. People look at me and they're like, oh, you can do all kinds of stuff. I'm like, but there's a lot of things I can't do, um, but I can try, right? Yes. Yeah. And I think that's really the most important thing is, having the humility, the courage, the willingness to try, mm-hmm. that's it. And that is going to continue you down a path of progression. Yes, absolutely. And I feel like knowing your history now or a little bit about where you came from, that makes like your delivery in this course and like meeting you now, like so much more powerful to me. Um, yeah. Just because you, you've been through some stuff. <laughs> right? And then look at you, a thriving human being. You've taken control of like your life. And I love what you were saying earlier about the different iterations of your life. That's super moving to me. Um, I mean, I feel like almost for most people, it sounds uh, passe or trite, but every day is a new iteration of you. Like, yeah. what are you going to do with it today? And I, I feel like people who live their lives like that, like you do, are inspirational um, you are the people that get stuff done, um, but you're also the people that can touch so many people's lives. And that's phenomenal. Thank you. Now it feels, um, I think the thing that I've noticed about the human experience is that it is universal and we've all been through things like the human experience can feel just as devastating 
with a very terrible circumstance and with a terrible circumstance within like a different context. So you can feel deep grief. This used to confuse me a lot, but you can feel the same level of grief from losing a pet that maybe someone else feels less of by losing somebody in their family. Mm -hmm. And that used to really confuse me because I was like, those are two different things. But the human experience is just based off of you. But do you understand your own experience? And how can you have your yourself? How can you be on your own side? I think is, is really the question is how can you help yourself, encourage yourself, find the inner resource, find out why you're operating the way that you're operating? And how can you assist that? And I think that'll just give you a, a better life experience and a deeper understanding of like, why are you even here? Like, why are we even here? And I think it's to have as many experiences as possible and like continue evolving and giving yourself the compassion, the grace and the safe space to continually do that. I love it. Oh, my heart is full. <laughs> <laughs> so Angel, I, I, our listeners, I'm sure, are going to want to learn more about you, learn more from you, mm -hmm. connect with you? What are the best ways for them to be able to find and follow you? So I have an uh, Instagram called What Is Angel Doing? In case you ever have that thought of like, what is Angel doing? Then you can <laughs> type it in and you can find me there. Um, and that's sort of where I post like the, like maybe the weekend workshops I'm doing or any hikes that I'm always on. Um, I also have a website called The Process by Angel. And that is where we get a little bit more into like the mental stuff. And I have a guided self-inquiry newsletter that I send out every week and it's um, in a compass form. So it's either east, south, west, north. And depending on where the compass is pointing, that is the, the theme of self-inquiry for the week. So it's just like giving you an easier way to sort of continue to do the work. Cause I really think that having guidance is, is really important. That way you don't have to come up with the questions. I ask you the questions. Um, and if you're just fully not in the mood, you also never need to respond. But if you feel like, huh, that one sort of bothers me, maybe I should ask myself that question. Then there you go. Then you have a, a guided self-inquiry practice, but the process by angel.com and then Instagram as well. What is angel doing? And that's, that's the way to find me. Nice. Thank you. I just followed you on Instagram and I'm going to sign up for your newsletter. Did it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been really awesome. Thank you so much, Angel, for joining us. And thank you so much for sharing your story. Because I know it's probably not your favorite thing to talk about, but thank you for sharing that with us and giving some insight into what it is that you do and why you do it. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you for the platform. I really think that life is better when you share it. So thank you. Thank you. I agree. I love that. Um, Dan, do you have any last words for our listeners today? I do. I always do, Jenny. Uh, <laughs> lessons for living. You know, there are so many places that we learn what I call lessons for living. It can be through a training. It can be through an experience, good or bad. It can be through faith, et cetera. What I'm hearing here is our Yoga 200 and what Angel shares and what others share within the practice of yoga definitely transfer over into lessons for living. Mm -hmm. So check it out. I absolutely agree. And I think that my biggest takeaway is, is be kind to yourself, right? Be kind to yourself, give yourself some grace, but also be kind to others. Um, that's yeah. a, a really big takeaway for me, for me for today. And thank you, Angel, for real, for, for bringing it back to that. Because sometimes we all need to be reminded like this, keep things simple, 
keep it simple, stupid, right? Um, <laughs> and sometimes we make things, we make life more complicated than it needs to be, right? Um, and people get a little bit too over involved in things or they get frustrated because, you know, my schedule's busy. I'm not making enough money. I'm not happy. Yeah. Well, what's your role in that? What are you going to do about it? Be kind to yourself, give yourself yeah. some grace, and then and then ask yourself those self-guided inquiries and you know figure out what you can do to change it. So I love that. I love everything about this talk today. <laughs> <laughs> and for you. our listeners, go back and re-listen this, um, get some insight, um, get some inspiration and, and start talking. Um, definitely check out her newsletter, you guys, if you want some self-guided inquiry or gu- guided self-inquiry, um, some little prompts and things. She's sending them out every week and she's giving it to you for free. We like free things. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely check it out, you guys. And of course, go out. Do all the things, be fruitful, and we will, uh, we encourage you to make good choices as usual. Make good choices. (laughs) We'll talk to you soon, guys.